Good morning. Did you notice that probably half stood up? Well, maybe not quite that many, but a lot of people are helping with Vacation Bible School. And we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing. For the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with the parable of the sower, particularly in Luke chapter 8. We've been also kind of looking over at Mark chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 13 as they also tell the parable of the sower. We dealt with the unhealthy places where the seed is sown, and now we look at verse 8. But before we get there, I want to talk about our culture for a minute. For we live in a culture where um, 50 minutes of fame is more important than the patience of endurance and investment uh, in waiting and to, uh, to see good and solid growth. I mean, isn't that right? I mean, I mean people are just always kind of, they, they want it now. We want it at the speed of light, but that's not the way God works. God works at the speed of a seed. That's what we hear in the Gospels, and that's what Jesus is trying to tell us through this parable, that God works at the speed of a seed. You know, uh, and there's you know, different plants that we could talk about, but the most dramatic is the bamboo plant. Now, I didn't know this. I was looking up seeds, and, and, and particularly ones that are very unusual. It takes sometimes five years for a bamboo seed to produce growth above the ground. Five years. I mean, can you imagine the farmer waiting on that? But what happens is, is that it's what's happening below the ground. The root system that's spreading out sometimes as far as a mile before the first shoot breaks the soil. And then when it does, the bamboo grows at a rate of two and a half feet per day. Within six weeks, uh, a bamboo uh, can be 90 feet tall. That's why God works in our hearts. Breaking loose that which needs to go over time with consistency, growing steadily until finally there is abundance. Um, the, the metaphor of the seed multiplication is throughout, used throughout the Bible. Uh, Mark Batterson, who is pastor of National Community Church in Washington, D.C., He's written a couple of books, but one in particular that relates to this parable is The Power of a Single Seed. And he writes of the great value of trusting God in patience as one would trust a seed that has been planted. He, uh, he makes the connection between what I think Jesus is trying to help us with, immediate gratification and patient endurance. And, and what Batterson does is that he uses a modern-day metaphor, product and investment. Uh, product and investment. For example, in, um, let's see here, 1972, you could buy a toaster at Walmart for $15.95. Okay? You're, going, you're looking at me, so what? 
you know. Um, also, in 1972, Walmart stock sold at four cents a share. Now, if you had invested that $15.95 in Walmart, instead of buying a toaster and giving up toast, uh, I guess it'd be, what, 50 years? That would have yielded um, something in the name of half a million dollars. Um, Ford Mustang could be bought in 1982 for $6,500. I looked at that and I went, wow, I want a Mustang for $6,500. But you know what Ford stock was selling in 1982? 26 cents. If you had have invested and then bought a used car... <laughs> It would be worth over four hundred thousand dollars in nineteen ninety. It goes on. He goes on. Macintosh, the computer, cost you fifteen hundred dollars if you had have invested in Apple at that same time, which was uh, selling for uh, let's see six dollars and forty five cents. It would have uh, today be worth over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Here's the point. I want to buy stock in the kingdom of God. I want to buy stock in the kingdom of God. That's the best investment we can make. And, and here's a... Well, for example, if... And, and I don't, don't misunderstand me. I don't think we ought to be betting on the horses. But if you knew that a horse was going to win, you might want to put money on that horse, Right? Well, the winning horse for our lives is the white horse that Jesus rides when he comes in glory. In the parable of the sower, Jesus uses four soils. The first three are those which ultimately reject the seed of God's word. And the final is that which receives with an open heart as healthy soil. For the healthy soil is a place of growth, strength, and confidence, a multiplication of, of, of a place where God can do God's work. So we're going to look at it today. We're going to ask the question, what does this parable tell us about us? And what does this parable tell us about God and what God wants to do in our lives? Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight our strength, our Redeemer. May these words be your words, O oh God, that we would hear your word today. Hide me behind the cross, O oh God, that only you would be seen in these moments. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The healthy soil. And Jesus said, some fell into good soil, where it grew, it produced a hundredfold. Where it grew and it produced a hundredfold. You know, most of us in modern day would miss the uh, implication of, of what Jesus is saying here. Now, those in that day who knew agriculture, and particularly the yield of a seed, would have known what Jesus was saying. In, in Matthew and Mark, they, uh, they give us... 30, 60, 100 fold. Now, 
Luke leaves that out, and there's, a, I think, a reason for it. But here's what the people of that day would know. That a seed in that day produced tenfold on average. A seed planted would produce ten seeds. On a particularly good year, and I'm talking about a good year, where there weren't any bugs, the rain was right, the, the, the sun was right, everything was perfect. Maybe 30-fold. 60 times, 100 times. I mean, can you imagine those listeners as they're listening to Jesus, they're going, what? Can, can God really do this? Can God really work those kinds of multiplications in my life? Now, Luke just says a hundredfold, straight up. And I think the reason for that is because Luke doesn't really want us getting caught up in deciding, well, am I going to be in the 30? Am I going to be in the 60? Am I going to be in the 100? Luke puts his emphasis on the word produced as we read the Greek. It, the, the word there is eposean. And eposean is from the root word poyo, which translated produced in this case. But it means more fully a transformative action. That which creates change. It is to produce, to execute, to provide, to ordain, to give purpose, to raise up with meaning. When, when he says, and it produced a hundredfold, I mean, it just, Jesus has made an implication here of, of, of what can happen in their lives. Yeah, on your own, you can maybe produce it ten times on average. But think about what can happen with God. And here's what's even more interesting is this word, poiein, in all of its forms, is used 571 times in the New Testament. Now, what that says to me is the concept of transformation, the concept of, of, of ordination, of what God is offering to us is deep-rooted in all of the words in the New Testament. Over and over again, the writers want us to know what's at stake here and what can happen in our lives if we but accept the Word made flesh in Jesus, the seed of God. And in fact, there's, for example, when Jesus calls the disciples, he says, I will make you fishers of people. I will make you. The word is poeon, poeo, which I will transform you into. I will change you into, I will ordain you. In every case, when the Gospels refers to signs, miracles, and healings of Jesus, this word is used. You hear what's happening here in this, in this parable? You hear what, what, uh, what, what is at stake here and what can be, what it happens in our life? We're talking about a miracle multiplication of God's spirit in our lives. And, and also notice this, that the healthy soil receives, the healthy heart 
open heart receives. But what provides the result? The seed. It is the seed that multiplies. It is the seed that puts down roots. It is the seed that produces. It is the seed that transforms. It is the seed that does its work. We are to receive in openness. And he also uses the word patient endurance. Patient endurance. You know, we, we often we, we think, boy, I'm going to receive Jesus into my heart. I'm going to come to the altar. And, and right then, that's not the way God works. Not always. I mean, sometimes there is a flash of lightning. There is a blinding light. There is a, you know, it's some, this, this miracle kind of, 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 of event that takes place. But most of the time, God is about a slow and transformative work that we don't even notice. Patient endurance to follow him when it is hard. To stick with Jesus when we don't understand. To draw near in faith knowing the unconditional love of Jesus Christ will not fail us. This is the Jesus we want. This is the Jesus we receive. This is the Jesus that gives us that kind of, of transformation and multiplication. So what does this tell us about us? What does this parable tell us about us? That if we are truly going to receive the divine initiative and touch, we have to open ourselves. Take a look at what's in our hearts. Now, you know, I, I know that there are some who look at this parable and they say, okay, what you need to do is you've got to plow up the hard path in order for the seed to get in. You've got to, um, you've got to pull out the weeds so that, you know, you are free of the anxious worries, the poison. You've got to remove the rocks to make room for the, for the seed's growth. But what this passage in, indicates is that openness to Jesus Christ allows the seed in to do its work to break up the rocks to break up the surface, to crowd out the roots of the weeds. Just even a crack in our lives and slight opening for God can change us. So, where are you today? Which soil are you? Hard and dry? Shallow and rocky? Crowded and anxious? Or with just a slight opening? Are you ready to see what God can do? Are you ready to receive the multiplication of meaning and significance that, that, that God is offering us? 
For all in Christ will yield abundance. You know, what's interesting about this parable is that the only gospel that doesn't include it is the gospel of John. John doesn't include it. John does use and quotes Jesus. He's interested in the metaphor of the seed and how Jesus uses it throughout his ministry. And so it's in the final days of Jesus as as he's approaching Jerusalem, as he's sharing with his disciples from 12 to basically 17 where he shares a prayer with them. We hear all this, this whole discourse of what's coming and how they should be prepared. And he begins it with these words. Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. I've read that passage a hundred times, and I, you know, I, I've just kind of rolled over it because of, of the power of what's going on in, in, in the words of Jesus to, to his disciples in 13 and 14 and 15. But as I was doing this study, I realized that he begins this discourse in talking about the seed that he is. What, is it, what does this tell us about God? What, what Jesus is saying, he's saying that the power of the gospel is in his death. It is in his sacrifice. The power of the gospel is the seed planted in our hearts to those who will receive. Yes. But it is in Jesus' death, in his sacrifice, and through his resurrection that that power is let loose. I mean, think about what has happened over the last 2,000 years. First, there was 12. Then there was 5,000. Then we don't know how many men. Now we have over a billion. The multiplication of the seed of God. What does this tell us about God? It tells us that Jesus is the word made flesh. Jesus is the way to salvation, the forgiveness of sin, the answer to our brokenness, the way to meaning and truth. Jesus, the seed of God that if we receive it, we'll never be the same again. Now, I know this morning that many of you have spent your life coming to churches Studying the scriptures, praying, following Christ. Some of you may have had a shorter experience. Maybe you've had an ebb and flow to your faith life. And so you kind of listen to this and say, well, you know, what does this mean for me? You know, I've, I've got the Lord in my heart. What it means for all of us is that we all go through dry times. The question is, what next step needs to take place in your life in order for the Word of God to grow? In order to receive the unconditional love that transforms and makes new, that makes us into something that we cannot be for ourselves. Where are you today? And is a seed really that powerful? Can it really make a difference? Chesterton Campbell once told the story of being in a, a uh, 
a graveside service in a cemetery, and he noticed that there was this, this huge above-ground vault and, and with a granite top on it. And he noticed that evidently as, as they had put the granite top on it, an acorn had been left in between the granite top and the, uh, the above-ground uh, uh, grave. And over the years, that acorn had grown into a tree and it had split and broken the granite top. Yes, a seed is powerful. A seed of God's word, the word made flesh. And... (laughs) You know, Tim Keller, in his writings, he talks about how Jesus has come. And I, I know there may be even our church, there may be some who agree with this. There, because there's some in the church who believe that Jesus should come with a sword to cut away that which is impure, to slice and to, and to, uh, uh, to, to uh, leave the remnant. You know, I'm, my, my problem with that is that I, I'm afraid that I'd be one of the ones cut to bits, you know. Others think that maybe that, that God should come with fire to burn away that which is impure. I'm afraid I'd be in ashes. You know, but there's something about that, that kind of, that, that does appeal to me. You know, I, God, God is, God moves so slow it seems. If it were me, I would run the rain right up to the fence line of those who were un- non-believers. I mean, I mean, you tell, get their attention. I mean, churchgoers, if we were the ones with green lawns and we're the ones that only got the rain, people would start to notice, right? But that's not the way God works. God loves us unconditionally. And he came not as a sword or as a fire, but as a seed of love to be planted in our hearts. You know, I'm going to confess, there have been times in my life where I've, my heart has felt cold and hard. There's been times when the vines of worries have squeezed my heart to bleed. There's been times when, you know, the roots of have uh, just crowded out so much. But I thank God for the church, for folks like you that loved me no matter what, for my Lord that accepted me and, and offered me forgiveness and grace. I thank God for the cracks that God was able to fit those seeds into to break my heart and transform it again. These are the times that make a difference in our lives. And, and I just, you know, as I'm thinking about this parable, and I, and I don't know where you are today, whether maybe uh, you're back in church after being out for a while and taking a new look at, at what it means to have faith. Maybe you've, you know, one of those who just continues on and on. The question is, is it time to receive that seed with, with a new look, with a new attitude, with a, a patient endurance to let it grow? 
Is it time to take the next step in your life and faith? The parable says, <laughs> we just receive. Maybe it's time for all of us in worship and prayer to say, come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Come, dig your roots deep within my heart. Come and multiply the, uh, the meaning in my life. Come, Lord Jesus, come, and may your harvest be great and pure for all to see. May I be, as Luke says in the next, few chap- in the next uh, paragraph, a light, a light for you. Come, Lord Jesus, come, come.